Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Dillon Show uh, this week. And, you know, it's like, it's, I don't usually, we're, we're never serious on the show, but I want to be serious right now about an issue that I think is kind of pervasive in our culture, and it's anti-Semitism. And it's, and the reason that I'm talking about it is because it's everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, there is anti-Semitism in this country. It's not just Kanye West, um... You know, it is everywhere. It's in invasive. It's in endemic. Is that what I want to say? But what I'm what I'm saying is, can can we take one example? Can we take one example right now? The vitriol being directed at Sam Bankman-Fried. The utter hatred being directed at a young man who decided that he wanted to change the world and everybody hates him because he's Jewish. That to me is a big problem. And maybe it's not a big problem to you. It's a huge problem to me. And I think if we don't call that out, like as someone with a platform, if I don't call that out and say, stop that now, if I don't, if that's not called out, what happens? Then the next Sam Bankman-Fried, the next young boy who dreams of setting up an office offshore in another country to run a cryptocurrency trading empire so that he can give Joe Biden money, <laughs> will not do it because we've killed that dream that lives in that in that young boy's head. Why? Because we hate. Because we don't like people. Take a look at this article here. Crypto nomads surfing the world for risk and profit. A new and this is in the New York Times. This is the paper of record. They do the work. They it's called due diligence. They do it and they do it because they care. And they care because it's their reputation that's at stake. Crypto nomads surfing the world for risk and profit. How sexy. A new generation of industry leaders has set up offshore trading exchanges largely beyond the reach of American regulators. Ooh. It's just after midnight in Hank on Hong Kong. And Sam Bankman-Fried stares at the trading data on his six monitors, watching a global cryptocurrency crash happen in real time. Mr. Bankman-Fried, a 29-year-old from California, often works around the clock as he was that May evening. He naps on a beanbag set up by his computer. A folded-up blanket sits on the floor. He's worth at least $8 billion on paper. That is even after the downturn started in the spring where total global losses and the value of all cryptocurrency eventually dropped to $1.3 And Mr. Bankman-Fried saw it play out. He knew business played a role in the collapse. Most of his customers are betting on future cryptocurrency prices fluctuations. Rather than buying and selling Bitcoin, they are borrowing to make those bets even bigger. It's a risky approach, but it can generate big wins. Now Bitcoin's value is dropping way down, crushing the highly leveraged bets of bullish traders on FTX and other exchanges and forcing sales of their position in wave after wave of account liquidation. These four sales were helping undermine cryptocurrency prices. 
In terms of price movements, the biggest part of its liquidations, he wrote to the New York Times on May 24th from Hong Kong, this is precisely the type of situation that U.S. regulators have tried to avoid by prohibiting cryptocurrency exchanges like FTX from selling high-risk futures to non-professional investors in the United States. And why Mr. Bankman-Fried moved to Hong Kong as he wanted to offer these products called derivatives. He's a crypto nomad. One of the group of industry leaders who once lived in the U.S. or Canada and have since set up companies with bases of operations that are to some degree beyond the reach of American regulators. He's a nomad. He's funny. He's exciting. It's new. It's sexy. There was an article about him I was reading that we're talking about uh, that he was that how um how nice it was uh, that he was you know he was really into giving Sam Bankman Fried. This is true. He wanted to help people. He wanted to help poor people. He wanted to help Democrats. He wa- he gave money to people, and he was a big. He was the second or first or second biggest donor to Joe Biden's presidential campaign. And he, he really wanted to change the world. Okay? Right here, Sam Bankman-Fried, the crypto whale who wants to give billions away. Stop being mean to him. This is nuts. Like many people in crypto, Sam Bankman... And by the way, folks, this is just, um, this is just a great lesson. If you're very wealthy and you're doing the wrong thing, Bill Gates, him... All you have to do is pretend to give money in charity. And it, it's, a, it's a tax. Like, there's the whole charity scam is set up to service wealthy people. And it's to try to launder not only their money, but also kind of their image and everything. And we might go into that uh, uh, in another episode more specifically, intricately, because there are things that are very interesting about how that's done. But for right now, just let, let's just understand, as you know, you're a smart audience. We understand that, like, when you go out there and say, I want to give everybody, there's a reason that you're doing it. And the reason is because you're sinning or you're, you're trying to cover something up. Okay, but this was a real, and by the way, so the laudatory praise, as soon as you say you want to end world hunger or the climate change or vaccines, everyone gets a vaccine. As soon as you go with that stuff, where you're like, this climate's fucked up. No, we're going to fix it, and there's never going to be another drought. And as soon as you get on that, then you become an activist billionaire, and we love an activist billionaire. There's nothing better than a billionaire with a heart of gold, with a conscience. They want to help, because they look around, and they're like, how many more yachts can I buy? I don't, I, what about green, huh? What about bees? Where are bees? Should there be more bees? Bees disappear. I'll make them reappear. Uh, because they get a God complex, these people. I would be much more comfortable if they just bought yachts. Uh, much more comfortable. But after a while, they go, well, yeah, I get all bored with the penthouse apartments and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And uh, so what they really want to do is they want to try to control the way you live. This is what a lot of them do. The people on the right do it. The people on the left do it. Peter Thiel does it on the right when he funds all these candidates to go out and uh, win elections. He's got $4 billion, but he's not happy. Elon Musk is not happy with money. He buys Twitter, and he's on Twitter all day. He wants attention on Twitter. 
And I'm not saying, you know, he's doing some, some stuff that needs to be done and show, you know, bringing certain things to the light and some things that maybe don't need to come to the light or still are coming. But, he, you know, it's the idea that money doesn't really solve it for these people. They just, they're not done with you. That's the thing. Even after they've made their money, they're not done with you. It's not enough. It's not enough that their names are on the colleges uh, or on the arenas or the uh, David Koch, uh, the Lincoln Center. It's not enough that they've put their names on every cultural and event space anywhere. It's not enough that their names are on schools. It's not enough that they, they are not done with you. They want more of a role in your life, the choices that you make. And that's why a lot of them start doing this. And Bangman Freed, to his credit, started early. He started immediately. Right here. Unlike most people in crypto, though, he's building up a fortune in order to give half of it away. This 28-year-old has amassed a $10 billion fortune in just three years in the industry. Unlike most people in crypto, he is building a fortune in order to give half of it away. An effective altruist, he's essentially robbing from the rich via his preternatural crypto trading strategies in order to give to the poor. Maybe without the robbing part, he says, LOL. In the end, my goal is to have as much impact as I can, however that is. And right now, I think that's flowing through donations. So figuring out how I can be able to make as much money as I can and donate as much as I can. That's a great sentence. Make as much money as I can and donate as much as I can. SBF, as he's sometimes referred to, has been walking the walk for some time now. He spent a couple of months as a director uh, of development for the Center of Effective Altruism in 2017, set up by the CIA. And before that, he gave half of his income during his stint on Wall Street. He plans on giving away around 50% of his crypto billions too, but only after he's finished reinvesting in his ever-expanding empire. Well, ain't that the truth? Only after he's finished reinvesting in his ever-expanding empire. He donates to causes as they come up. He was the second largest donor to President Joe Biden's campaign after Michael Bloomberg. I was excited about the impact it might have. I basically thought it mattered what happened in the election. So he, this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, and his girl has flipped on him, by the way. This hussy has flipped. Can we get a picture of this woman up? Because this is why you do it, right? For the puss. Let's get a picture of this hottie up. What does 32 billion buy in the market of pussy? I don't like pussy. I don't even know. I could get a real cock for $36 billion. You know the cock that I could get? I mean, it would be massive. It would, it would be, it would look like one of those uh, Florida uh, mailboxes that are shaped like a manatee. That's the cock I could get. A fucking 20-year-old lacrosse player massive dick that was always hard. That's what you could get for $32 billion on the on the gay market. What does the straight market get you for... <laughs> oh. Sam, Sam, Sam. Sam, Sam, Sam. Sammy boy, Sammy boy, God damn it. It was for this? <laughs> this is what it was for? The lying, the cheating, the sleeping on the bean bag, living in Hong Kong, evading U.S. regulators, this is what it was for? And she's flipped. And by the way, I'm not trying to 
She's a lovely looking woman. But <laughs> what I'm saying here, it's just a little better there, but it let's just say, hey. Now, um, I know that I'll be, a, um, um, people will be like, well, you're making fun of the way a woman looks. Okay, but they're criminals who stole everyone's money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so maybe that, is that okay <laughs> that I make fun of them now? Um, <laughs> they're, they committed crimes and they stole the money. And she's ugly. <laughs> and he got fat. He would have been slightly better looking, but he put on weight. Eating dumplings and stealing. Now listen, so Carolyn, Carolyn, Caroline, Carolina, what's her name? Caroline Ellison. Caroline Ellison, get her up. She was in New York City. She's meeting with regulators. She's flipping on this man who all he did is try to change the fucking world. All this guy did was try to change the world. And this woman, Caroline Ellison, the 28-year-old CEO of doomed crypto firm Alameda Research, is facing scrutiny not only over the firm's multi-billion dollar melt meltdown, but over rumors that she, the ex-girlfriend of Sam Bankman-Fried, um is potentially going to flip. Ellison and Bankman-Fried were part of a cabal of roommates based in a luxury penthouse in the Bahamas that were behind the scenes, the machinations of FTX and Alameda. According to a bombshell report by Coindesk, Alameda was one of about 130 FTX group affiliates included in the Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing next week. So they were fucking, and I think they had like a little fuck party happening. Like I believe... And by the way, sorry, after we look at this, can we admit to ourselves what happens when you get Jeffrey and Ghislaine out of the game and now we have this and now we have this? They're ugly. I mean, he's trying to be Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, Christ almighty. Relationships between the group of 10 insiders weren't strictly business. Members of the inner circle are or used to be paired up in romantic relationships with each other, the report said. So this is a crypto fuck dungeon that all of these people are a part of. The whole operation was run by a gang of kids in the Bahamas that would do anything for each other. Um, let's take a look at uh, Carolyn Ellison here uh, speaking. She says something or other. I've never heard her speak, but she was just seen in a coffee house in New York City they think she's going to flip. She's going to sell this man out. I mean, what is love about? Think about it. You, what is love about? You fall in love with someone. You move to the Bahamas with them. You're living in a luxury thing. It's, it's hot. You're having sex all the time. Um, you're out with each other. You're maybe engaging in orgies. I don't know. I'm just guessing. He gets a few more hotties like her, and they do a real, it's a, it's a real, they, you know, they run a fucking, ugh, like a real, you know, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it's hot to, to that, to them. It's hot. And, and you're stealing from all these people, but you're not. But you think, but you are. You're diverting the fucking FTX to Alameda. To your, da, 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 da. We, we know. We'll go, into the, we'll go into the technical aspects of it more. But it's a, this is about personality. See, the world is really about people and personalities who do these fucked up things. So he's trying to get laid. He finds uh, this lady, and they find a bunch of other nerds. And this, by the way, this shows you, like, people that are really bad looking can really do harm 
and especially women, and I don't mean this to be negative, but women who are not, ugh, I mean, I mean, blah, blah, blah. like women that are not attractive a lot of times, unless they're brilliant or have another skill, they end up doing some really heinous stuff. And men who are unattractive as well do very bad things. But it's, I don't know, there's just something, I've met unattractive men who, who kind of live a pious life. And women that are unattractive can live a pious life too. But some of them, like, I mean, this broad, I mean, and I'm not blaming her, but I'm saying that, like, this is what happens when you want to be hot and you can't be hot. What happens is you somehow lose $32 billion for people. So let's see what she says. I don't even know what she's talking about here. Math degree. <laughs> Use very little math. Um, use a lot of, like, uh, elementary school math. Being comfortable with risk yeah. is very important. Suck um, my cock. We tend not to have things like... Suck my big cock. Losses. Put my cock in your mouth. Necessarily a great risk management tool. Trying to think of a good Are you wet right now? How wet are you? Are you wet? I want to put um, my cock in well, your Well, I don't know. I probably don't want to go into specifics too much yeah. with that. Don't go into specifics. You're a whore. You're a dirty little whore. What a what a fun orgy they had, huh? These are fun orgy people. Well, SBF now, have you heard of this? Which I don't like. I don't like this because this guy, I don't think he deserves it. I don't think he deserves what's happening to him. I don't. I think uh, he should be um, let out and given a, st like a stern talking to, but then freed. Um, and given a six-month ban from trading, but... Then, you know, no, uh, he's in a roach and rodent infested jail in the Bahamas. By the way, even the fucking press like feels bad for him. Like George Stephanopoulos is like, you only have a hundred grand. You only have a hundred grand in your account. And, uh, and uh, SBF's like, he's like, yeah, I only have a hundred grand. And George Stephanopoulos is like, I can't imagine going from 32 billion to a hundred grand. It's like, George, how about, can you imagine ripping everyone off? Can you imagine that? Like it's, the, the way that he's been dealt with, kind of with the kid gloves, and the way that it's been all very light touch, well, he's made mistakes. There's been mistakes made. It's a meltdown, not a Ponzi scheme. It's a meltdown. It's a horrible meltdown that he just, I mean, he was there, but he's made mistakes. He's troubled. His company is, and, and, you know, instead of, you know, the words that you're not really hearing are like thief, embezzle, you know, Ponzi, like liar. You're not hearing those as much, but you are hearing like troubled. And, you know, he was just this crypto crash and he was, you know. So let's take a look at the prison that he is in. This guy is in a jail in the Bahamas that is so bad and he's a vegan, and his parents have been petitioning, like, please let him eat because vegans don't eat animal products. If you uh, don't know that already, vegans are, you know, so Sam Bankman-Fried's family reportedly called prison to request vegan meals. They called up, hello, it's Miss Friedman, and she's at Freed, and she's a, at uh, Stanford, and the father's at Stanford, and they're professors. And, uh, and, uh, they called the jail and they were like, Sam does not eat bacon or eggs or meat at all or fish. He must have vegetable spring rolls with peanut dipping sauce 
and you have to bring in his girlfriend, Carolyn, to stimulate him with a finger. It does not look nice. This jail does not look nice, but I'm telling you right now, to be honest with you, what is a jail really supposed to look like, right? I mean, he's, he's there until he can be killed by, no, he's there. People say, oh, is he going to be Epstein? I'm like, I don't think he's going to be Epstein. What does he really know? I don't think he knows much. I think he's just an, like, uh, maybe he does, and then he will, but I don't think he, like, I don't think he's got people like that. Like, Epstein had files on people. He had videos of people. I don't think Sam Bankman-Fried has that. Uh, and he, he's disposable. Like, the Democratic Party will, I don't know that they'll, maybe he'll get a sweetheart deal, but they'll just throw him into the street like they did. Remember Christine Blasey Ford? She came out, and she was like, the Supreme Court Justice Judge Kavanaugh, he was, uh, you know, he fucking jumped on me at a party and sexually assaulted me. Remember her? And then that didn't work and he got confirmed anyway. And they were like, well, good luck, sister. Like, they throw you in the street. They don't care. So what happens is, at the end of the day, you know, he's probably going to go down for this. I would imagine, unless his lawyer, they're setting it up already where the lawyers are like, it's all about intent. He didn't intend for this to happen. But then I think they're going to prove that actually he did. He actually, he actually, uh, he did. Or he was taking the type of risk where it was quite obvious what would happen if he continued doing what he's doing. He was arrested on multiple charges stemming from allegations that he deceived FTX customers and investors. He was arrested this week. Um, he tried to get bail. They wanted $250,000 bail for him. And he, they, and the judge was like, no, you don't get it. And he's like, but I'm a vegan. And the judge is like, you still can't have it. And he goes, but I don't eat meat. Judge goes, I get it. You still can't leave. You're a flight risk. He's like, but any animal products, any of them, I can't eat any of them. The judge goes, yeah, 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 I get that. The chief magistrate said, Mr. Brankman Freed's access to financial resources made his risk of fleeing so great that he had to remain behind bars. On Tuesday, his fate was in the hands of a judge in the Bahamas who oversaw a hearing, eschewing his usual disheveled outfit of shorts and a T-shirt because he was like the cash crypto guy. He was always casual. He was always in like shorts, a hoodie. He always looked like he smelled bad. His hair was crazy. And that was, I guess it was like a power thing for him. He's like, yeah, dude, I'm like a nomad. I'm a crypto nomad. Look at this bitch. Look at my bitch. I'm a crypto nomad. We live in countries without regulators. We fucking shower when we want, and we fucking trade. Um, so he shows up in a suit to this, and um, at the end, as the courtroom was cleared, his parents, who also live in like a $10 million home, I think he bought them in Bahamas, uh, they gave him a long hug. And uh, yeah, it's sad. It's sad because should vegans even go to jail? I mean, when you think about it, should someone who doesn't consume animal products, a humane person, a person who's humane, and that's why he doesn't consume milk, because it was taken from an animal against their will. And he doesn't, he's not inhumane. And so why would a person like that, and his only thing was that he, he took like $32 billion of somebody else's money, a lot of other people's money, but those are people. They're not animals. And he's so kind by not eating, um, you know, the bacon that I don't even know if he should go to jail. Like, why would he even go to jail? Is his bitch a vegan? 
because if I catch her with a fucking bon me, she's going to the chair. Uh, and she's flipping, by the way. Get her up. She's flipping. Carolyn Ellison is flipping. The love affair is over. The hot Bahamian sex is over. Now she's going to put the nails in his coffin as the way to save herself. She's the way to save herself because at the end of the day, you know, in these situations, which is why it is very tough, when you are fucking somebody and, and, and running a Ponzi scheme with them, you have to really be tight. And you have to kill them if you get caught. He should have killed her. Because one of the people disappeared from FTX. One of these guys, Mr. Wang was his name. Uh, a guy disappeared and no one can find him. And then this other guy, Nish, who also disappeared. They got out, but the people will find them probably. Um, but FTX should have poisoned this woman. Sam beckman fried SBF. Sorry, I said FTX. That's the company. SBF is the man. Now, he should have poisoned this. Now, people are saying to me, Tim, this is not nice to say. I understand that people are upset at me when I give real politics, when I give advice for the real. The real of the real. Being on the streets. Being real. Not putting on the show. Poison her. You should have poisoned her. You need to poison her. And, um, you know, she just got found. They found her in a coffee house in New York City. And she's there, and she's getting coffee, and a Twitter user put it up, and the, and the barista said, this is her, this is Caroline. And a lot of people are speculating, well, what's she doing in New York? What's she doing? Is she hanging out? Is she trying to make it on Broadway? No, she's flipping. You've seen billions. You know how it works. She's flipping. There's, there's men in, in cheap suits. They're the feds. And she's sitting there saying everything about, this is a man who's come she's swallowed, and now she's telling the feds he's a criminal? It's not right. It's, it's frankly not right. It's not right. Carolyn Ellison likely working with feds against Sam Bankman-Fried. Sam Bankman-Fried's reported ex-girlfriend was likely among the first people to turn on him and help prosecutors build their fast-moving fraud case. In the epic $8 billion-plus collapse of FTX cryptocurrency exchange, a former U.S. government lawyer said Wednesday, Ellison, 28, is a key figure in the case as she was the one-time CEO of Alameda Research Hedge Fund, which authorities claim received billions of dollars that Bankman-Fried diverted from FTX. The speed of the indictment and the breadth of the charges against Bankman-Fried meant, quote, someone relatively senior in the command is cooperating with federal authorities in exchange for leniency for their own potential misconduct. You know, you think you know somebody. You think you know somebody and you give them the chance to be part of your Bahamian crypto sex cult. And their, their, their thank you is to flip. And this probably hurts him. He's probably hurt by this. And for that, I am sorry. And for that, I am sad because at the end of the day, so we're going to follow the story closely. We're not going to OD on it, but we're going to follow it closely because it's got all the things we like. Sex, fraud, and anti-Semitism, fighting anti-Semitism. Because we don't want anybody to be anti-Semitic about this. This is not right. 
and that's why we think. So we're here on guard. We're here on watch. Like the Night's Watch from Game of Thrones. Don't even say it. Yay. He's sitting in the back of the studio. That's why I keep pointing at him. Yay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What Lauren Boebert won her election in Colorado, that meth head. And what's fun about Lauren Boebert is she really is like this white trash Colorado kind of lunatic whose husband um, was like, uh, there was a 911 call, which you should play, where like the neighbor was just asking the Boebert kids to calm down on their scooter. I don't know what where they live in Colorado. I imagine it's just some, you know, leather face compound. But the kids are speeding up and down the street on scooters and the neighbors go, can you calm them down? This was from a while ago. Like, can you calm them down? And then Lauren and her husband, now he's been arrested for exposing himself to people. She's been arrested multiple times for fighting with the cops. She's a real goon. And you got to respect it because it's the end of America. And why not have uh, Lauren Boebert, who's, she's like a common white trash Denny's waitress. And now she's in Congress. And She's fought the cops. If you look at her rap sheet, if she was black, she would have been shot 96 times in the back of her head (laughs) as she ran away. But because she's white, she's in Congress. See, that's a woke point for all the people who are like, he's actually right way. Actually, you're not listening. I'm all over the place. But it's true. I looked at her rap sheet, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this woman has done some crazy stuff. Uh, let's play this 911 call. But it's authentic, you know, because these are a lot of her uh, people, a lot of her people and the issues that they face are meth-related. So to me, like, the fact that her and her husband are just two local criminals means they understand the constituency. They understand what motivates. 911, what's the address of the emergency? Repeat the address for me one more time to make sure I have it correct. Colorado. Okay, perfect. Your phone number you're calling me from, sir. All right, that's what we're showing here as well. Tell me exactly what happened. There's a domestic situation happening right in front of my driveway, and now it's, he's driving away, I think, just about okay. fighting. There's a, it's bad. It's Lauren Bobert's jackass husband, Jason. He's running over my mailbox right now. Stop, you jackass! Get the fuck out of here! And he, you said Come he on, man! Over your what, is what did we do wrong? I live here. I didn't even. Sir, talk to me. Sir? Yes. Okay, yes. I need There's some. There's about to be some shit going down here. Okay. Okay, who is the gentleman that's going to be jackass husband? Lauren. Jason Bobert. Jason, okay. Lauren Bobert. What's husband. he driving? Yeah, Lauren Bobert, the congresswoman. He's uh-huh. driving a Ford pickup F1. They're going to kill people. Her and her husband are going to shoot somebody. Then the Republicans have to be like, well, you know, we. Okay. Charcoal. By the way, there's no one the Republicans will not will not put up to if they get votes. There's no one the Republican Party will not put put over. They'll act crazy when her husband and her shoot someone. By the way, this will be so entertaining. But there's no way this does not end in some type of like Ruby Ridge standoff. And the Republican Party will just be like, you know, we don't, you know, I, you know, we believe in democracy. And but uh, I mean, her and her husband are just fun. They're just fun people. And um, yeah, I mean, she's they're what they claim to be, right? They're just kind of the, 
It's from the Christian meth contingent of uh, that state, Colorado, and people that are like, I believe in the Lord, but also meth and violence against others. And it's what it's what Jesus would want. Jesus would want to be, um, Jesus would be Lauren Boebert. Let's see what Jesus would do. Let's get up Lauren Boebert's rap sheet and let's see what kind of activities Jesus would do if he was living in Colorado tending bar which is where I imagine Jesus would come back. If Jesus came back, he'd be like, LA and New York are for fags. And he'd go to Colorado, not Denver, not Denver, okay, you tranny. He'd go to uh, outside of Colorado and 10 bar like she did for years. Um, but there's a rap sheet um, for Lauren Boebert. Um, yeah, here we go. Lauren Boebert and her husband racked up arrests in home district. Okay, the 34-year-old lawmaker who beat her district's very conservative, blah, 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 blah. Um, So, I mean, again, Lauren Boebert is one of my favorite people, and she is is definitely responsible for (laughs) uh, some mayhem in her home state, okay? Boebert in 2015 was cuffed for disorderly conduct at a country music festival. That's something Jesus would do. After police said she attempted to interfere in the arrest of minors busted for underage drinking. That's what Jesus would do. Now, she's concerned about minors all the time that they're getting corrupted, right? So minors were being busted for um, underage drinking. And Lauren Boebert's attitude was like, hey, we're having fun. It's a festival. Faggot, leave them alone. Let them get fucked up. And then she was cuffed. Bobert said the revelers had not been read their Miranda rights and that the arrest was illegal. So she's out there helping drunk children continue to get drunk. We like that. Lauren continued yelling and causing the underage drinkers to become unruly. That's when she realized she had a future in politics. When she was at the country music festival and she's uh, yelling at these ch- child drunks and they're going, then she's right. I did right. She went, I can win and I can be in Congress now. Lauren said multiple times that she had friends at Fox News and that the illegal arrest would be national news. At the time, Boebert was running Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado. Cannot make that up. Is that really the name of it? Well, the story was... (laughs) A year later in 2016, Boebert was charged with careless driving and operating an unsafe vehicle after rolling her truck into a ditch. Again, the Lord would do this. When she failed to show up to court a month later, a warrant was issued for her arrest. She was booked on February 13, 2017. She ultimately pleaded guilty to the unsafe vehicle charge and paid $123.50 in fines and costs. The careless driving charge was dismissed. So this is what Lauren Boebert's up to. Lauren Boebert's a wild lady. So she finally won her recount. They had a recount, and she finally won. So now she is representing Colorado. Lauren Boebert in Colorado. Good for her. Drugs are all over the country, by the way, and they're too, you know, everybody's on drugs. You know, I hung out with a waiter the other day, and I'm telling you right now, waiters, when they're not waiting tables, want to only be on a, on an amount of drugs that is, like, terrifying. Like, I don't think people fully, there's something about that business, I don't know what it is, where as soon as they get off, as soon as they're off of their shift, they just want to get fucked up to the point of death where they don't know if they're coming back. 
They're on the edge. There is Terrence McKenna would say maybe in the Bardo, whatever. They're in that halfway between being alive and being dead. That's the only time they can be happy. There's something about that job that makes people just want to get really fucked up. And I was hanging out with this dude, and he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm a waiter, and he's a catering waiter. There's something that's even more intense about them, people that do, do catering parties. They go, they travel, they do these catering parties, and after they do the catering party, they just want to do heroin. There's nothing, I mean, it's crazy. This is an interesting article here, why waiters drink and why it matters. My former co-worker once drank so much during a waitressing shift, she stumbled through the restaurant with her intoxication on full display. Even the chaos of the service rush couldn't hide the state she was in. By closing, she was fired. After work that night, a group of us consoled her at the casino sports book, where we often <laughs> congregated for an after-hours ritual. Over drinks, ciggies, and video poker, we traded our best war stories. Together, our minds and bodies recovered from the physical exhaustion and emotional stress of service. We told our friend that everything would be fine. After all, she wasn't the first employee to be under the influence on the job. Some bartenders taste-tested enough cocktails to maintain a steady buzz through their shifts. We knew which servers, cooks, and managers relied on cocaine to get through the long hours. And this is true. A, a friend of mine is in the restaurant business, and she's a junk box, meaning she's a box of junk, meaning that she's what they call a garbage head, meaning she'll do it all, anything. Anything you put in front of her, potion, pill, powder, she will snarf it down. She's like a Game of Thrones dragon, just like she really wants to be fucked up all the time. There's some curse that these people, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, there's some curse about working in a restaurant or catering that if you have any predisposition to addiction, like if you have any, if there's anything about you that might want to get fucked up, well, by golly, if you are a waiter or a waitress, you are going to end up smoking crack because this is the way that they do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. But this is just something. And this guy's a young dude, and we were talking. He goes, yeah, he's like, you know, we just, we take shrooms, we do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But he's like, we do blow. I'm on so many drugs. He'll text me sometimes. He goes, I'm on so many drugs. I'm on so many drugs right now. I go, what? But that's what he, but he's a waiter. It's normal. He's a normal waiter. It's not one of those things that, you know, is um, looked down on in that profession. It's something that people actually like. They go, this is not like, I, I guess in crypto, when you leave, when you set up an office outside of America, it's a, it's a well-established thing that you do. And when you're a waiter, being on your day off, being so fucked up that you just text people, I'm on so many drugs right now, is a normal occurrence. And I'm not, I'm not judging it. I'm just saying it's, it's interesting. There's certain jobs where people are really, really fucked up all the time. Certain jobs, people get really, really fucking wasted. And certain jobs, they don't. It's very interesting. I don't know which. Without union representation, these jobs are usually accompanied by poor pay, inconsistent schedules, and no medical insurance. High turnover means that when substance abuse behaviors do interfere with job performance, workers can be easily and immediately replaced. It's true. It's a tough gig. It's rough to be a waiter or a waitress, but some people do it very well. You know, they have those lifelong professional waiters that are... You know, this is their entire job for their entire life, and they do very well, and some of those people are in unions. It was just an aside. It's just something I wanted to discuss because it is something interesting to me 
uh, about that particular profession. Professions where people tend to use lots of drugs are always interesting to me. And it's not only waiter. Don't. Uh, it's not only a waiter. What about all the cocaine on Wall Street? Why are you just saying it's waiters? I was a waiter and I never did drugs. I can't see my kids for other reasons. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's it's curious to me when I meet somebody who's on crack and I go, what do you do? And they're like, I'm a waiter. And you're like, God, you people love it. You just love a straw up the nose. You love a key to the nose. Is there anything wrong with that? You love to you just love to throw a spinach dip down on a table and then put a key to your nose. Is that such a big deal? Just admit it. Just admit it. Admit it. You like the sound of a crack rock cooking on a spoon. I'm kidding. No one even does crack anymore. It's such a fucking retro thing. Everybody's on meth or pills. Nobody's on crack. I saw my doctor today. I'm like, does anyone do crack anymore? He's like, not really. I mean, there's there's lots of things. Number one, it's the holiday. So I do. I, I want to wish everyone, including the, the Bankman-Fried family, a happy holiday, a happy Hanukkah, whatever they celebrate, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I do think that it's important for the holidays to realize that it's a, it's a time to give as well as get. And that's something that I've always believed, that it's a time to kind of go out there and notice the people in your community that are hurting and give give to them. Um, and this is these are things that we do uh, every year. Every year I look around and I say, who's hurting? Who are the people who are the people that need help? And we try to help them. And so what we want to do is we want to set up a contest where it's called show us how bad you have it. Now, it, it's, 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 it's not, it's, it's going to be done in a very dignified way. All the things that are wrong with your life, show us on camera how bad they are. If you get beat, I want to see you getting beat. I want to see you getting knocked around your house. If your mother or father is an alcoholic, tape them very, very quietly because they might, they get angry, these alkies. But very, very quietly when they're in their chair and they're very low and they're just, and they're just hitting it, they're hitting it with the bottle and they're hitting it real low and slow and they're in their chair. Maybe they're watching Tuckies or maybe Rachel Mads. It doesn't matter. When they're hitting it, like, film them, send it in. Film them, send it in. If members of your family are in the hospital, get the cat, get the fucking camera out in the hospital. Show me them. Show me them. Show me them. Take the phone and show me them. Show me the people in the hospital bed. Show me them right now. If you got fired from your job, prove that to me. If you're eating cat food, I want you on all fours eating it out with the phone and show me that. To be to be entered into our uh, uh, prize contest prize for the holidays because we do want to, we do want to help people that are hurting but we want to make sure you're really hurting like you're hurting you're hurting um, if if something bad is if your mother or father has a, a terminally ill disease and many people do and you're caring for them film that and sh- send this in a um, like it's like what do they call I think. It's like you send this in a submission, but I want I want it when it's bad. Like when they're shitting themselves at the table. Be like, be like, be like, be like. 
because you'll hear them in the background. They'll be like, hi, Josh. Hi, my name is Josh, and I've been dealing with my mother and her incontinence for you. Hold on! Uh, and I'm saying, saying, sending this to the Tim Dillon Show in the hopes that I win your holiday giveaway. And then you show, and then you go like this, you pan out, and then you see mom and say, she's shitting on the floor. And then you hear, ah, come help me. It's on the floor. It's leaking. It has to be that type of submission. And again, it's only because we have to be sure that you are genuinely hurting, genuinely hurting in a way that makes us uncomfortable when we watch. The submissions that win are going to be the ones where we can't get through them. (laughs) If we can watch your full submission, you're probably not going to win. I mean, it's got to be bad. I'm talking about you walk in, and it looks like a normal house, and I'm like, what's the problem here? And you go, hey, honey, and you kiss your wife, and she kisses you, and then you just pan, pan over to the bassinet, and the baby is all bones, like just a bony baby. And you go, oh, our baby has a bony disease. It's a skeleton, and it's like, and it's terrifying, and you just poke it with a stick a few times. That's the type of submission, because we want to make sure that you, you are really a, a candidate for help. You know what I mean? Don't hit us with student loans. If you do that, I'll kill you. Don't tell us about your student loans. Tell us about night terror. I like a night terror. But a night terror where you get up and get a knife and you're running around. Like, it's got to it's gotta t- take and build. Build the submission. Build the submission. Because we can't, because we're going to do $500. You will get 500 American dollars if you can prove to me your life is so bad. And I mean bad in a way, bad in a way that I don't even frankly understand it. I have to Google terms. I have to research how bad these things are uh, to give you $500. Uh, we'll take taxes out first and then send it to you. We'll take it to at my tax rate, not yours. I'm kidding, of course. We're not doing that. We're not giving anyone money. We don't care how bad it is. No. Uh, we are going to do some charity stuff, but obviously uh, we don't want submissions. Please. I know that is a joke. I'm saying that only because God help us. Many pe- You would think many people would go, oh, that's a funny bit he does, uh, but this is actually not what he wants because the last thing I want is anyone out there to take this seriously, and many of you will. Many of you will. I'll get one from SBF. He's like, I'm in jail. Hey, Tim Dillon Show, it's SBF. I'm in jail eating meat. I'm in jail in the Bahamas eating meat, and all I want to do is eat my fucking girl's puss. All I want to go down is on her yeasty puss. Hey, yeasty puss. I mean, listen, this, this job isn't always dignified that I do. What do you want me to tell you? It's not really dignified. I talk for 116 hours a year. This is not always dignified. I'm not Charlie Rose here. We're trying to have a little fun. He boinked a dog. He's not great himself. They're all gross. And they robbed you. They took all your fucking money. So we're going to call him names. And then he tries to get out of jail because he's fucking vegan. This is ridiculous. They should just be shot, to be honest. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, we tolerate this level of fraud because we like it. And because we are a criminal country, many people believe they can pull this off. They're like, live in the dream. And now they're ugly. It's one thing when they were hot. They're gross now. The people who are robbing you are gross. 
Does that not make you fucking mad? They should at least be hot. They should at least look like they should rob you. Give me a six foot five guy and a chick with big tits. Let them rob. We got gross nerds robbing. Gross. Not even fuckable cute nerds where you go, yeah, I'd fuck around with them for a little bit. I I mean, we're getting shellacked by beasts. It's wrong. (laughs) It's really wrong. There should be some hot people have the right to pillage, but not, and ugly people have the right to help hot people, but someone's got to be hot. Are you telling me nobody in FTX was hot? Every single one of them looked like a gym sock, the whole fucking group? Get FTX up and head, hit image. There's got to be somebody that's attractive. There's got to be somebody that's hot. Go and go and go skating at Woolman Rink, folks. It is beautiful. Don't go to Rockefeller Center. Go to Woolman Rink. Go to Woolman Rink. Uh, yeah, it's just not it, is it? Lord, help us. What is that, me over there? They hired me? <laughs> Am I in this company? It's five Asians and me. He's the, the fat guy's the best looking guy. These aren't hot Asians. These aren't premier Asians. These aren't top tier Asians. <laughs> Look at that guy on the left. Go up. Now go up. That first guy. I mean, what is that? What is that? He's like, <laughs> what's going on here? And then the, the fourth guy over, he's like, he knows how fucked they all are. Look at him. <laughs> Some of these people disappeared. Look who had disappeared at FTX. This guy Wang. He got out of there. I wonder which one is Wang. Probably the white guy, but he's out of there. One of the guys, uh, FTX, is gone. He just disappeared like a thief in the night. And it's unfortunate um, because some people need to, they just, they, they flee, which I don't, I guess SBF couldn't really flee because they were on him real quick, like white on rice. But I imagine if he could flee, he would have fled. If he could have fled, he would have fled. Crypto billionaires are disappearing casualties of the bear market. Well, I don't know if this is going to happen. There's good Google, Google FTX, Wang, or Nish. Those were the guys. And somebody, some, they, were, they were saying how, like, they're embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah, Gary Wang, Nishad, here they are. The rallying cry of the second scorned crypto faithful, which started when FTX spiled into bankruptcy, has taken on added serious after SBF was arrested. But now we're trying to find these other two cats, Gary Wang, okay? Gary Wang and uh, who? this guy. I don't know where he is. Where is Gary Wang? Gary Wang, if you want to come on the Tim Dillon show, Gary Wang is not like his co-founder, SPF, who loves fame and putting himself at the center of public attention. Well, Gary's smart. In fact, there's little public information about Wang, who has been described as shady but critical player. Wang met Bankman Fried in a math camp in high school. That's where it all starts. <laughs> Later, they became college roommates at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Do you know, once I was in an Uber and we went by MIT and I was eating, me and Bobby Kelly got food at Bova's Bakery and I was eating this, there's something called a chocolate bomb. I was just e- eating it. It's just a big bowl of chocolate. I was just eating it and I said to the Uber driver, I'm like, that's MIT. And I was like, my, my mouth is all full. I'm like, they recruit a lot of NSA people out of there. And I'm like, I don't go there. And then the Uber driver goes, I know. 
He's like, I know you don't go there. I was just eating the chocolate bomb. Um, Wang met Bankman Fried at the math camp. They got degrees. Then they went to MIT. Before co-founding Alameda Research and later FTX, Wang worked at Google. He claims we built a system to aggregate prices across public flight data. According to an introduction to da 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 he started Alameda in 2017. Wang left the tech giant, Google. Yeah, I mean, listen, so everybody's like, where is Wang? Nobody knows where this guy is. In the aftermath of FTX's collapse and the subsequent $400 million hack, questions are circulating around who could possibly have abused client funds. Wang is a prominent suspect as one of the few people with, quote, root access to exchange. See, these guys, maybe like a Wang, he might be able to just go live in like a Thailand or so, like off the map, right? But they, I, I wonder what countries, go to the countries that have non-extradition treaties with the United States, and I'm going to see, and I'm going to recommend Wang a place to live. Non-extradition treaties with the United States. Wang, if you're listening, the Tim Dillon Show, we have an eye for real estate and an eye for luxury. They are Afghanistan. That's going to be a toughie. <laughs> They're t- I'm telling you right now, that's tough. Ethiopia? Yeah. Morocco's nice. Morocco could be nice. The Vatican? Myanmar? Difficult. They have, like, run by a junta. I think they do the caning and other things. They do worse things. Vietnam, they still don't like us. But Wang, you might be able to pass. Yemen, the Civil War. Nambia, Cuba. I think Morocco is beats out Mozambique. It beats out everything. I think if you if you go to either Morocco or the Vatican, Wang, if you're listening, if you can go to Morocco, get a nice fucking beautiful Moroccan villa and they won't extradite you, I mean, we might go and kidnap you. Morocco is beautiful. Go to Morocco homes for sale right there. Marrakesh, probably. A property for sale in Morocco. You could get a villa. Dude, this guy can get... You can live like a king. If I moved to Morocco, I could live like Sam Bankman freed. Then, not now. I mean, you can live it up. That's a villa for under a million bucks in Morocco. Boom. Boom. Eh, it's fine. It's not great, but it's better than jail. Boom. Wang, done. Morocco. And by the way, there's probably much more beautiful... Um. Uh, houses there too if you want to spend real money, but you probably want to keep it low. Like you probably don't want to spend an insane amount of money. Here you go. Here's 20 million, Marrakesh. I mean, this is if you really want to, if you really want to show off, which I don't know if you want to do. Ooh, I mean, that's nice. To own in Morocco. I want to own in Afghanistan. I want to own in Afghanistan. Go to Afghanistan homes for sale. I love real estate, and I love the idea of owning in Afghanistan. And by the way, I bet it's not as bad as people think. I bet Afghanistan's coming back. It's like Detroit. It's like on the way back. Kabul, two-room house for sale, 1.2 million Afghan. I don't know what that means. Show this. Show this listing. Well, I like this. It's a little war-torn, but I like it. I like that they're showing you stains. Stains on the, on the floor, on the concrete, on the stone. Look at that. That's nice. Where'd that come from? Someone I got a talking to? 
let's keep looking at this. This is kind of nice. And I don't know what 1.2 million Afghani is. Go up a little bit. That's a six bedroom. That'll give me some space. I can put a studio in it. Wow. Not the worst. Maybe I'm wrong about Morocco, Wang. Maybe you check out Kabul. That's fun. You can trade cryptocurrencies from there, no? It's a lot going on here. Very busy. What is that? Is that a bathroom? Like a shower. Jesus, with a shower? Oh, hold on. So the shower just, you can shower while you shit. In that bathroom, you can literally shower. You could sit down to shit and then shower. I actually like that because sometimes you're tired and you don't want to stand up. You could sit down and shit and then just tilt the shower to you so that the shower hits you while you're shitting. Is that the worst thing in the world? Probably not. Nice grand entranceway. But this is where you have to go. If you trade cryptocurrencies and you lose everybody's money, unfortunately, you do have to go to uh, one of those non-extradition treaty countries. TimDillonComedy.com. New Year's Eve, folks. We're going to have so much fun at Irvine uh, the Irvine Improv, I hate uh, the people there and I hate the club. Please buy tickets. And I'm kidding. I love the, you know, but let's be honest. Every time I play there, I want to kill myself. I want the audience. I want sarin gas to come in and kill the audience. But maybe this time it's the charm. Um, Irvine Improv, TimDillonComedy.com. I'm also at the Spotlight Casino out in Indio. Let's buy some tickets there because it's a very big casino and it's out in the middle of nowhere. Make a trip of it. Get some drugs. Get in the car. Make a trip of it. Stand Up Live in Phoenix in February. It's one of my favorite clubs in the world. I love Stand Up Live. I love the, the leathered uh, people of Arizona. I'm going to be up there doing lines of coke with Carrie Lake. Also, um, I mean, we've got all kinds of things coming in. Tucson's going to happen. I don't even want to. There's so many things happening. TimDillonComedy.com. You can get your tickets to all of these Shows. All of these shows are available at timdillacomedy.com, patreon.com for any bonus content you want uh, for the show. And uh, we will see everybody next week. Stand by Sam Bankman Freed. If you're if you're doing a scam with your woman right now, you better look at her and you and that bitch better come to an understanding. Because when shit goes south, when shit goes left, she can't be fucking flipping on you. Poison her. Hey, Sam Beckman Freed, can you have somebody get to her? These guys are such amateurs. Also, Putin, I think, is nuking us next week. That's what the, that's what I, I think I read an article that literally said we're being nuked next week. I think it's like on the, I think it's like on his schedule. I think it's on Putin's calendar right now to just nuke us like on Wednesday. So hopefully we get something done before that, but night.